This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, this is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad, but not for your ears, for your feet. Are they listening? Good. Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey Dude, good to go to. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. Hey, remember how 20 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, now it's the future, and I used all those savings to buy this new hologram phone. Because, you know, it's the future, and everything is holograms now. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and in this special episode, I'll be talking once again to James Rushton, who is the host of the Holcast podcast. He's on to give us the opposition view of the Sky Bet Championship Playoff Final. We have much to discuss, but before I do anything else, I have to welcome James back to the show. James, how are you doing, my friend? Well, good, Russ. It's a pleasure to be on Cottage Talk. Uh, unfortunately, the last time we spoke, the match didn't go well. I'm hoping for something more exciting this time. How are you doing? You're good. <laughs> All good. Well, it went well for me, but obviously not for you there, my friend. But uh, I have a feeling that we're going to see a very good match on Saturday. We're both going to be there. And uh, what's great about doing this with you is that Fulham fans definitely enjoy the opposition view. It gives them more insight to how the other side is feeling about the match, the fans. So um, that's why I'm glad I could have you back on. And let's start from the beginning. Let's start and talk about the two legs for you. Let's start with the first one, the semifinal against Middlesbrough. And just give me just an overall view of that match. So the first leg, if we're talking about the first leg, uh, yes. it, it was quite heroic. 
Um, in a sense, um, it wasn't the best football match, but I think Villa were plucky. They made their chance. They, you know, it was almost like a pre-recorded set piece where we when we scored, and they <laughs> helped really steady against a, a, a strong team, and um, especially against the Dharma Traore, you know, someone who is a threat. You can't deny James, he is a threat. Def- I'm going to stop here because I was going to mention this to you when I watched back some of that match. You guys did a very nice job on him. Go ahead. Oh yeah, uh, exactly. I think Villa deal with that pressure well. I think we've been written, we've been written so many times, Russ. It's uh, it's unreal. And uh, you know, against Wolves, against Cardiff, against um, so City on the first of January, everyone's r- took a uh, steps to write us off. And I think you've had the same uh, after your uh, slow start to the season. Right, you've kicked on, and uh, Villa have had they've wobbled a bit. They've fallen off that second place. They fell down into the the playoff places. And yeah, it, it was just good to see a clean match. That's the best match uh, Steve Bruce has deployed us in. Uh, Villa looked like a team with one goal in mind, and that goal was getting to this playoff final. Look, motivated, and I've never seen it was a perfect football match in a way. I don't think you can look at it and go, "Well, Villa nailed their expected goals. They completed loads of passes. They done the. They didn't do the stats right, but they did their plan right. And their plan was to not sit back and hold onto the ball." But just deal with Middlesbrough, and I think yep. they did. They dealt with them. You were in control. I watched that match, and the reason why I want to stop you and talk about Triori because I I watched it back again, parts of it. But when I watched it live, I just was, I wouldn't say amazed, but I was impressed with how you handled this player because he is a huge threat to me, and he's one of the reasons why I did not want to see Middlesbrough because I know how dangerous he can be. And the impressive part about this was to, one, get your goal, and two, keep that team quiet. That was impressive. I and mean, you were in control, James. So that's what I got out of it. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, he threatened us. I'm not going to say that I wasn't scared. I wasn't, I'm not going to say I wasn't scared <laughs> and Fabio was running at us or George right. Friend or Downing were whipping him, but we dealt with it. And I'm, I'm happy because you compare Middlesbrough and Fulham, there's, a, there's an ocean of differences, but there's some similarities in how you perceive these threats. You know, Adama versus Essendon. You, yep. it's how you perceive threats and uh, if we can do it against them there's a platform there to improve and perform that well against you guys and I'm sure we'll come on to that discussion we will and uh, let's now uh, move forward and talk about the second leg that you were at so uh, just give me your view on the second leg and also the celebration at the end for you the second leg it was one of the most nerve-wracking performances I've ever seen uh, even though Middlesbrough didn't technically have a shot on target um it was a sold out villa park um i was sitting in my usual season ticket seat it was the loudest villa park i've ever heard in my life and you have to remember we beat bristol city to elite championship at the time five nil right. and we beat wolverhampton wonders and Birmingham city and it hasn't been that loud um i feel like the 12th man almost won the game and i know that sounds so you know proper football talk but uh, it felt like you were making a difference when you were screaming the team on, and you felt it on. You saw it on the pitch. You saw almost when you roared them, they they went the extra length when you on. So yeah, we really, if we held strong in the first leg, I believe the second leg was there is a storm. You know, you've just got to see it through to the end. Okay, excellent. There. Yeah. All Amazing. right. No, listen, it, it was very impressive. Uh, like I said, the two legs, Aston Villa showed me a great deal. I've seen it throughout the season, but to beat a team like that, you talked about some, some of the other teams you've beaten as well. You deserve to be where you are. You deserve to be at Wembley and so do Fulham. That's what makes this match so interesting. It's two teams that 
have earned it. And that's the way I look at third and fourth. We've earned it. And now we play against each other at Wembley Stadium. Uh, before we get into talking about that match, I, I want to get your thoughts. I don't know if you had a chance to watch uh, Fulham's uh, semifinal, the two legs uh, against Derby County. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I didn't watch it especially, but the first one really did catch my eye because that was the moment you knew almost at Fulham they're not going to make this. They've walked straight into a trap, especially because you got lost 3-1 on the final, well, was it 3-1 to Birmingham on the last day? Yes. And that's devastating. How do you bounce back from that? And then do you go into the next match and lose an even more critical game? Um, I'm so surprised, and I think it speaks, you know, I'm going I'm to be praised for them quite a bit, I think, today, Russ. Okay. Um, it speaks volumes of not necessarily the team spirit, but they walked, there's a mountain of adversity. You, you would, Goals down going into the second leg. You have, you know, yeah, you, you fixed up and you, you did the job. But that that first leg, I think, it showed full, uh, Fulham's vulnerabilities straight off. As well as that, the the game against Birmingham, I think Fulham they can get very frustrated. No, I hear you there, my friend. And uh, listen, it was uh, tough that that first leg. And uh, my hope was that uh, it was going to be just one goal and and uh, have the opportunity to come back to Craven Cottage and do their business there, but it's a valid point to talk about the Birmingham City match, and then you have this next match, and then to follow that up, being down a goal, and to be able to find a way to get the two goals, and that's the impressive part. That's something that uh, I knew that my team had, but uh, they really showed it in that second leg to, uh, to bounce back from a little bit of adversity. That's a good point by you. All right, let's now, um, before we really get into the match, I just want to talk about just in general how much uh, this match means to you and the Aston Villa supporters. Where does it rank? It's up there. Uh, There's plenty of Aston Villa blogs that will, you know, are not going to disagree, but they look at teams like Arsenal and Manchester City and they say, hang on, their fans wouldn't celebrate a playoff final. But I'll tell you what, Russ, you know, if we were to beat you and I got to the Premier League in your stead, Nothing. I, I hate to say, it, but nothing will make me more happier. And because Aston Villa again, it's been we're a team getting rid of now. Suddenly, it seems like we're the underdogs in this match. To win at Wembley, it'd mean the world for us to go back to the Premier League and really start showing world can build on this. And I'd be I'd be very upset if we were to take almost your place in the Premier League and not build on this. I'm sorry, sure. it, it would it would mean the world for us to go up. I think we don't have much chances with the amount we've ridiculously spent the last year. A lot of money wasted. We might not have this kind of opportunity again, especially with how the clubs that have come down have armed themselves. They've went, you know, Stoke went for Gary Rowett. Um, West Bromwich Albion seem to be consolidating. We'll see what Swansea do. But it's, I thought it'd be easy next season because of the, the quality. But these clubs are coming down almost with a plan. So we don't know where their chance lies. I think Fulham certainly have a better chance of getting promoted next year automatically than Aston Villa do. Interesting. Very interesting there, my friend. All right. I would just think about this. Um, what can we learn from the last match? We could even talk about the match before that, the, the two uh, matches between the teams. First one, you won. Second one, we won. I, you were at Craven Cudge. Is there anything we can take from that? And I just want to mention you had two key players out. So that's a, a factor. You know, I'll, I'll call it a factor, but Fulham definitely uh, did enough to win that match uh, 2 0. You were without Grealish and I believe Adoma. But yeah. what are your thoughts about these two matches? What can we learn from them, if anything? The 
the biggest thing we can learn, aside from the fact that we're missing Grealish and Adoma, is that how dependent we are on a good performance from Sam Johnston, who nine times out of ten is a brilliant keeper. But in our last match against each other, we saw that moment of madness when he cleared the ball across himself and it landed to one of your men who uh, plucked it into the net. I saw it hanging in. I was, you know, I was at Craven Cottage. I saw that go in from almost the halfway line. Um, we can't give you chances because if we if we give you chances, you'll capitalise. You know, you're a team. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I don't want to put my my life on a limb here, but I'm sure if you are making chances, you'll happily take up team. But you'll happily take chances when teams give them up easily. So we can't afford to make those mistakes again. We can't afford to clear the ball across ourselves and leave an open goal. We can't afford to sleep on Cessignon again. But and again, in the first time we versed each other this season, when we played at Villa Park, we didn't give you that time and we won. Um, we didn't we didn't have a Grealish and a Doma was on fire then. So we did have one one of those two key players missing. But you know, it's it's just it's always going to be that tale of two battles and yep. now we have it distilled into one match for us so in my mind I think Villa have got everything going for them they haven't lost a key match in a while they they didn't lose to Birmingham and they didn't lose their first leg they've got a lot going for them but when you look at Fulham they've come through that adversity they've had to fight for their place yep it's it's going to be tough it really is going to be tough and we've seen in these two games that we've played each of us so far both teams glaring weaknesses Yes. You know, Fulham are a team that get frustrated. Fulham are a team when the plan fails, they almost start not I wouldn't say blaming each other, but there's certainly a lot of frustration can amount to that team when things aren't going right. They don't seem to know where to ask the questions. They don't know the manager doesn't seem to know where where's plan B. And that's very much the same for Aston Villa. So if a plan A doesn't go right for either team, the other team's gonna capitalise. They're very even. I'm glad that you put it that way because I was going to look at these two matches and going into this, it's going to be the team that makes the least mistakes because if you look at all these matches, goals come from mistakes and uh, just opportunities. And uh, who's going to be the more opt- opportunistic from the mistakes that the other team makes? You know, we could, we could look at the set piece. You are very good at taking set pieces. You scored a goal at, at Villa Park. You have the situation with uh with your goalkeeper who doesn't make many mistakes he makes a mistake we capitalize I think we're going to see that James because you're right the teams are very even when you look at them down wise they're very even and I think it's going to come down to who can execute best and who can take advantage of the other team's mistakes does that make sense no you completely you're spot on Russ I think um you're completely right because it's a high pressure match. It's not. It might not be this free flowing, attacking occasion of football that fans across the world tune in to you know to warm themselves up for the Champions League final. It could be a real battle, and Aston Villa have been in two recently and won. Right. And Fulham themselves have they were destroyed. They were out of the race. You know, in the first leg, it was gone, and they brought it back. You know, I know it was only uh, you know a one goal lead, but it's sure. still the loss, isn't it? It's still shown. You know, someone's shown you that you're immortal. You know, you're mortal twice. You know, you, Birmingham, Derby, you bounce back from that. You bounce back from that. And you can see where the mistakes are going to come from. If Aston Villa try too hard, there's going to be mistakes. If Fulham slip off the gas, there's going to be mistakes. So, yeah, these teams really do have a, a howler in them. That's what's a little scary about this match because uh, as we're thinking about this, I'm thinking about some of the mistakes Fulham have made over the season. And then I've seen the flip side of how they've been able to take advantage of a team's mistakes. So that's why I think it's all about execution, my friend. I think it's whoever can take advantage of the other will 
get promoted. And that's what makes this thing very interesting and very tough to uh, look at. But we're going to break it down. And I definitely look forward to getting more of your view on this. And as we look towards Wembley, let's talk about, we, we talked about this the last time we talked about, I'm curious if the strengths and weaknesses for you have changed at all since the first time we talked. Yeah, so when we talked, I believe back in February, uh, Aston Villa was still evolving. Uh, Jack Grealish was coming into the game. We play a lot more football on the ground. Um, early this season, we we had no choice but to kick it through the air to Albert Adoma and Keenan Davis up front. Uh, we've changed now because our players have come into their prime. We can play good football. We can use Jack Grealish and his talents to triple the ball across the pitch and uh, playing key players. So yeah, our strengths that they've evolved. The weaknesses have always stayed the same though, and that's that Aston Villa do switch off. They have had so many occasions this season where they could take second place and no one could question them, and they've slipped up. And I'm sure you'll 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 be the same where you fought so hard to get to the end, and when yeah. the end came, you couldn't quite do it. And that's been our story as well. So the weaknesses they're they're there for everyone to see, but the strengths have evolved. The weaknesses. They have stayed the same. And while I will say that John Terry is settling in very well, you you remember the Champions League final, his biggest occasion, and it, it didn't quite come off for him, did it? It didn't. And uh, it's funny that you talk about Terry because I wanted to talk about one matchup that I think is going to be key. We talked about this the last time. Your centre-back pairing, Chester's very good, and obviously Terry has all this experience. Going against Mitrovic, I think this could be a key battle. Your thoughts about how your team can with Stan Mitrovic, who can be extremely uh, influential in a match. Yeah, I mean, there's so many teams that have come up against us with a, a talismanic striker. Uh, Britta Sambalonga, I think Mitrovic is a uh, far more far more prestigious striker than a younger uh, Sambalonga. But uh, we've we've dealt with that. We've dealt with that that threat through centrally. I think if Terry Terry doesn't have the pace, and a lot of Fulham fans, you know will quite happily tell you that. Yep. But he doesn't he's never needed that. He's an, an excellent reader of the game. I know it's right. cliche. But he can judge moves before they happen and the only way you will beat him is if you can trick him. Mitrovic has that. Mitrovic has that in him. He's a he's a firebrand. He's an explosive striker. He's just you know, he hasn't had the temperament issues so far. No. At Fulham where he's had about Newcastle. It's a big game. We'll see what happens. If there's one person that's gonna wind him up, it's John Terry. That being said Terry has a fantastic partner, James Chester. Right. It's a shame that we don't revere James Chester in this country. I know he's Welsh, that we don't revere him as much as John Terry because he's a class defender. He's, uh, you know, if you were playing for West Germany in the, uh, the 70s and 80s, I think you'd revere him like Beckenbauer. And he doesn't get the, the credit he probably deserves. And I know he's in who scored's team of the season. I know Villa appreciate him. But I don't think that extends to the larger football world. And I think if you're looking at John Terry as the main guy in defence, maybe you need to look to his side and see James Chester. Okay, very interesting there, my friend. All right. I'm now going to ask you about what you think is going to be Steve uh, Bruce's strategy. I, I, I listened to some audio from him earlier, and he knows that Fulham are going to try to possess the ball, and uh, he obviously, I'm paraphrasing, has a plan for that. And I'm curious what you think his plan is going to be. But before I get your thoughts on that, I, w- I want to read some quotes to you from Savisa Jokanovic from his presser earlier because I, I find them a little bit revealing and uh, want to know if they match up a little bit with uh, what you know about your side. So this is what he had to say about Villa. Here are the quotes from Savisa. Quote, Villa are an organized and strong team. 
a good team. They're in the final like us and deserve to be there. Steve Bruce knows very well how to protect his defensive line, but we expect we can put these players under some kind of stress and pressure to do them damage. When asked if playing at Wembley would suit his side, Jokanovic replied, quote, yes, why not? We believe we play great football and have more opportunities to win the game. We are two good teams with a little bit of different styles. We're probably going to try and move it a little bit more. They won't surprise us. They'll try and score some goals from set pieces, from some individual action after some offensive transition. We must follow our style. It's not a question of taking risk or not. We'll try to dominate the situation, put them under stress. Okay. I want to get your thoughts on what Savisa shared from his presser, especially how he thinks that Villa could score goals here. He's, he's bang on. Jukanovic, uh, one of the smartest, most talented managers in this league. And he's bang on. He's done, he's done his homework. And if Steve Bruce was as eloquent as him, I think he'd be saying the same things week in and week out. Um, he's, he's, I can't fault him for that, Russ, to be honest. I think he's uh, nailed us. We do rely on individual talent. We do soak up pressure and bounce back. We're spring-loaded. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm so much sure about the set pieces. I uh, I know I've seen a, I've seen a score for you, and I'm sure you have as well um, earlier this season. Um, but I'm I'm never sh- I've never noticed us rely on them. I've never noticed us focus on them to uh, win a match. Although they did against Middlesbrough, definitely the individual talent. You know, you're looking at Jack Grealish to win a ball uh, from a Fulham attack and uh, run across the pitch dribbling past and then uh, setting someone up at the end of it. You're looking for Robert Snodgrass to do the same. You're looking for him to win a free kick, cross it in. You're looking for Albert Odoma to trick and cut in on the inside. You're looking for that individual brilliance. And, uh, you know, it. you should be happy he said that because it's everything we see as fans. Sure. So he's uh, done his homework. No, he has. And uh, I just want to mention, he's talking about the individual action after some offensive transition. And this is what concerns me. The fact that I'm glad that he's aware of it. Obviously, he's done his homework. But when I look back at how Fulham played against Derby County, and from using that as an example, whenever they got the ball, they were extremely dangerous countering us. And I look at your side, and I know that you have much better talent than Derby County. If some Derby County supporters are listening, so be it. I don't care. You have more players that can do damage to us. So, thoughts on that? Because again, uh, I remember I was talking prior, you said, you know, you're fine with us having the ball. It's going to come from when you get the ball and how you uh, take it from there. Yeah, we're we're perfectly comfortable with a team having the ball. Middlesbrough tried for so long to score against us and they couldn't. You know, we, we were on the back foot for most of that match and we definitely looked more dangerous going forward. And that, that just ramps up against Fulham because you've got a team that's, that's very creative, that has some, you know, dangerous talent. You know, you've got Sessegnon on the wing, Kenny in the middle. That's dangerous talent. I mean, I'll take Grealish over Kearney, but I wouldn't take Sessegnon over Adoma. So you've got, we've almost got the best of both worlds in each team. We'd have to see how that stacks up. If Tom Kearney can get a shot in across the box and pull it past Johnson and score, that's what's going to matter. If if he can take advantage of his chances, if Grealish slips upon his, then the the match is is wide open. Um, Going back to the uh, point about individual brilliance, it's going to come back to these players turning up to be honest. Okay, well, very good. Well, before we go any further, what do you think is going to be his strategy? I'm talking about Bruce, because I was trying to read between the lines when he was talking. He knows about the possession. I'm thinking about some 
matches that have gone between our two teams in the last two seasons. I remember drawing a high process at one point at Villa Park last season, but then a different approach at Craven Cottage this year. And what Darby County did, James, and, and this is what makes me try to think about what is going to be the approach. Is it going to be like a full-out press, or are they going to wait till we get into their part of the pitch, and then they're going to put the press on? What are your thoughts about this? Because I think I'm expecting some kind of press. What kind of strategy do you think you're going to see from Bruce? What kind of strategy we're going to see from Bruce is a, it's the one Jukanovic has uh, stated out. We're going to soak up pressure. We're going to man mark. We're going to take our battles. Um, we prepared the dossier on Adama. I'm pretty sure one exists for Sessignon. Um, Alan Hutton will have to do his job. You know, the fullbacks are key here. Right. And they're going to have to do their job. And we might have one out. That's Ahmed Al-Mohamedi may miss the game. So we are down a man on the flanks. Alan Hutton will have to step up and do the job he's done all season and uh, mark his man and keep his man out of the game. And that looks like it'll be Sessignon. Okay. So we'll, we'll we'll have to see, Russ, really what happens there. But Bruce, uh, he'll look to definitely, definitely soak up attacks. You see okay. experience of John Terry, the defensive might of James Chester. Bring those fullbacks in. Make sure Fulham can't get, you know, keep it narrow. Let Fulham have the flanks. Just ensure the ball doesn't beat you in the box. Let them have that room, then get ready for the counter. Because we'll, we'll let Adama do his, his dance in the wing. We'll let Sessignon run at us. As long as he can't put that final ball across the box, it don't matter. Okay, very good. Are you talking about Kamara? Yeah, whoever's, whoever's going to come in. <laughs> okay, it, very good. Sessignon's on the left, isn't he? Yes, yes, Sessignon's yeah. on the left. The uh, person on the right is going to be interesting because it could be one of a few people. It could be Kamara, who played in the last match. It could be Aite. It could be Piazon. It could be even possibly Cabano. I don't think it's going to be Ojo. That's the position that we're all talking about. Who's going to play on the right? So that's the one that we're not sure about because that'll be up to Jokanovic to make that call uh, because it's something that has changed. And uh, it might be uh, a last-minute decision. I don't know. You know. And again, I'm sure he has a plan on it, but it's, uh, it's an interesting uh, point. Who's going to play on the right for foam? No, who's going to play on the left? <laughs> I think... Um... What you'll see is Alan Hutton's usually our left back, so he'll be yep. marking whoever's on your right. What right. I think you'll see is Alan Hutton will follow Sessignon. We all play to what you do. So if uh, Sessignon's on the left or switches to the right, yep. Alan Hutton will follow like oh. he did. It. That's what we did against the Dar. I think that's, that's right. I, know that. I think we'll adapt to how you play, and I think oh. we'll put our man, our strongest man, and that's Hutton, on Sessignon. Very interesting. Okay, I'm glad that you shared that. All right, who are your key players for this match? I'm going to say my key players are are the midfield three because if they're doing their thing, I think Fulham are, are going to be in good shape. They're going to try to dominate and control the play, as Jokovic says all the time. So I'm talking about McDonald, Kearney, and Johansson. I, that's the engine for Fulham. How about you? Who, who are your key players for Aston Villa? Um, we've got Miller Yedinak. I think if he plays, he'll certainly be key. But his quality is winning the ball in the air. We did see him put some meaty tackles in on the floor. His qualities okay. are winning the ball in the air. I think um, whoever plays in defensive midfield, be Glenn Whelan, Miller Yedinak, or Birkir Bjarnason, that's a key position for us because that's the position that will win us the game. Not only will... Yeah, not only will they break up attacks for us, but they'll be there at set pieces or in the 
case of Bjarnason, and now dribble across the pitch and uh, score like he did against Wolves, uh, or spring, you know, get that spring-loaded attack going. Um, of course, there's Jack Grealish. I'm not going to speak about Jack Grealish first sure. because everyone knows about Jack Grealish. But you've got a guy who will look up. He'll see the flood. He'll see the stadium. He'll see the pitch. He'll know it's a big occasion and the cameras run. And he turns up every single time. You know, bar the FA Cup final, he turns up when the uh, it's a big stage. So we'll be looking out for that. Um, Key in front of goal. Uh, I'm not too sure. Lewis Grabbin, he's a, he works hard. He really yep. does work hard. He's a. I wouldn't say he's a Mitrovic yeah, in front of. What's happened to Kaja? <laughs> After so long out, uh, I think he's come back and it's it's not clicked for him. He needed he needed the, the work for preseason and he has had two quite debilitating ankle injuries, and he he just doesn't seem to fit into the side at all. You no, know, he won't press. He's such a talented player. Yeah, it's disappointing, and I think no one will be more disappointed than him. That's another cliche I've, I've rolled out for you. <laughs> but uh, no, it, I think this season, this this end of season's come too soon for him, and I think he needed the uh, rest of the season off to recover and become the player he know he can be. But uh, I'm not too upset with Graben. He's, he presses from the front, he does yep. the job, and he has been to Wembley in a playoff situation and won. So. Um, not too, not too upset with the fact that we've got grabbing up front. Um, and we've talked about James Chester and uh, John yep. Terry and Sam Johnston. Um, I think Robert Snodgrass will be key. Uh, that trickery, there's no one like him, almost. And there's, there's players that are faster, but he is wily. And he, know, he knows the game inside out. He knows what referees are going to do. Um, he's, he's been here. He's experienced. And uh, he's got a hell of a left foot. So we'll we'll see what like, what our key players can do, but I think yeah, you know about Grealish. I'm not gonna yes. I'm not gonna talk about him. You, you know, <laughs> I think you'll be fed up. Fulham fans will be fed up with us rolling on about Grealish, and I'm not here to uh, annoy anyone. So uh, yeah. <laughs> well, before we move on any further, you and I have talked a great deal. Are we in unison on this that this match should be decided in central midfield, whichever team takes control of it? Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be tough. I don't know if it'll be a sludgy battle in midfield, but it's going to be. It might, it might certainly be end to end. Um, it might certainly be worrying for both teams. I think. Uh, I don't know if the ball will be in the air a lot. I, you know, Fulham like to play it on the floor, and I think Villa yeah, are do. quite com- Villa are quite comfortable with either approach. Um, as long as the ball's hitting Grealish, and as long as he's uh, he's a great passer of the ball, you know, you, I'd ask Fulham fans to look out for that. It's a quality. Um, he can set up moves before they happen. It's almost like telegraphing it. So yeah, right. I do think I do think there'll be a battle there. Yeah, I totally agree. That's why I wanted to bring that up, my friend. All right, I'm going to put you back in the shoes of Slavisa Jokanovic. I did this the last time. Or be your strategy against Aston Villa. What Jokanovic always does, you know, he has uh, played well against us. Even when you you lost, you, you didn't play tremendously bad. You know, the, the result was there. It was only a one goal one goal victory if I remember and that's uh, that, you know that's always debatable if there's only one goal in it and uh, getting beat from a set piece it happens to the best the best teams in the world you know set pieces are there yeah. to take advantage of you're going to get beat it's going to happen you can't you, set pieces are almost oftentimes you know the throw-ins from Tony Pulis when he's at Stoke they're on the indefensible set pieces are there to be taken advantage of yeah. um, I'd ask you if I was Jokanovic I'd be asked my team to keep a clear head not get frustrated not do what they did against Birmingham and Realize that as soon as the adversity is there, start getting frustrated and start losing their heads. Uh, you know they they didn't perform well against Birmingham. And you're, no. I think you you guys would admit that as much as I will. Absolutely. And I, I was I was as disappointed almost, and not for the fact that you were out the playoffs. But I you know. did you did deserve that second place, and you did deserve to beat Birmingham. But um, you know you should have on paper. Um, but 
it was disappointing for me because you see an immortal team, a team that has done so well this season, find that they aren't that strong or that good because it can all, you know, even the best teams can fall apart in a match and the weakness is there. It's in your head. You've done it. You, you know, you lost against Derby and applaud it for bouncing back. You had your celebration. You've got to bottle that. You've got to use that. The fact that you've come back from those two losses and won and you've not got to think about the, the losses almost you've not got to think about, hey, we've been here and we have lost. And if something goes wrong for you, you've got to carry on to, and stick to your plan. Stick See, to I your plan. Totally out. Seize you out. I, See you out. Listen, I completely agree with you. And I'm glad that you said that because I'm looking at it. I think we're going to learn a lot about Fulham early in this match. If they can weather any kind of storm from Aston Villa in the first 20 minutes, I think that they can then settle into the, this match. You have the experience, so this is going to be on Fulham to, like you said, keep their heads, even if they get down a goal. I think that's going to be telling. Can they keep their heads, even if uh, the goal goes uh, to the other team? They're going to have to, and I, you know, and that's what I'm looking at. It's going to be about composure. Which team keeps the best composure and takes advantage of the other team? And if I'm Jokanovic, I just basically say, just stick to what we do. And if they get ahead, so be it. And do not lose your head. And that's, I'm glad that you brought that up, my friend. All right. What players concern you most from an Aston Villa perspective on full? Of course, Sessignon. But again, the same with Grealish. I'm not going to speak about Sessignon because you guys know how good Sessignon is. (laughs) And we know how good he is when he ran, you know, Twan Zabi took him out of the match last time until... Oh, he did a good job, by the way. He got smart. Sessignon got smart and he did what he does. He's a smart young player, and uh, you know that's his key quality—not his pace or his finishing. It's his ability to play the game, and uh, I appreciate that. And I appreciate what he did against Twanzebe because I don't think it came from the manager. I think it came from him himself. Because you know, you, it, it, how can you tell someone across the pitch to suddenly change position? You know, sixty minutes into a game, it, you know, you can't do that. I think he did a good job against Twanzebe, but Twanzebe is not Alan Hutton, and Alan Hutton's going to harass him. So we'll we'll see how he does with that. Uh, Kearney's Kearney. We know all about Kearney. We know he could change a game. Um, I'm going to talk more about Mitrovic because you need that dynam. You know, you need that dynamic forward, and he is that. He's a big game player. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's also a big game player in the other way. And he, you know, if things don't go Fulham's way, what I worry about is is a uh, a two footed lunger a fight early on. You know, if you find yourself one or two goals down, or two one down, and it's 45 minutes. How does that affect Mitrovic? I know Jokanovic gets the light out of him because they're countrymen. They're both from Serbia. I think Jokanovic speaks on his level. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it could get heated. And uh, if I'm, I, it concerns me. Not necessarily that he's a dynamic, explosive forward. It's the fact that he could worry a few of our players. Would you want to go near him when he's, you could see the steam coming off him? You know, if he's if he's passionate and ramping forward at Villa, would you want to go near him? Would you want to puff your chest up and try and go head to head with Mitrovic? Certainly, John Terry would. But would yeah. our midfielders? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, that's an interesting take there, my friend. All right, give me your starting eleven. Starting of eleven, We've got yep. Sam Johnston in goal. Uh, you've seen him. Hopefully, he doesn't drop a clanger again. Um, centre-backs will be James Chester, John Terry. On the left, depending where Sessignon is, we'll have uh, Alan Hutton, who might be on the right. It depends if on his on your man's movement. Um, I believe Ahmed Al-Mohamedi will be back to counterpart uh, Hutton, depending on which flank he's on, on the other flank. Um, if Al-Mohamedi isn't back, we'll see young James Bree, who settled into the game against Middlesbrough after a nervy smell. So that's our defence. 
and we'll have one of I believe it'll be Mila Yedanak that will start in defensive midfield. Yep. Um, because he's done such a good job so far, despite the fact that you guys aren't going to lump it out. Like I was going to say, we're not going to do that. So maybe that would be an option for someone else. Yeah, certainly. Uh, maybe you look to see uh, Biakir Bjarnason come in. Right. But then Mila Yedanak is he's a big game player. He's been here. You know, he scored hat tricks uh, when the, the cameras on are on him, uh, Australia. Against Honduras, he scored in a big match for Australia. You know, two penalties and a free kick. Um, he's been to the playoffs and won it. I think my gut instinct is to go with Yedinak because he possibly, out of all games, those two playoff games, was our man of the match. And if it isn't working and we can get into uh, half-time on a nil-nil lead, maybe you do change it up, maybe, or maybe you bring Yedinak on if someone else is on. But my gut instinct, mate, is to go with Yedinak because I think, despite the fact that you can run past him, again, he reads the game well. And if you're looking for someone to uh, put in a challenge and leave someone on the floor, not necessarily a dirty challenge, but someone something they'd feel, uh, it'll be Yedinak. So I'd go with him, defensive okay. midfield. Um, the box-to-box midfielder, it's always going to be Conor Hurahan. Um, Excellent player, someone who deserves so badly to be in the Premier League. Um, he can go missing, but he scored uh, 10 or 11 goals for us this season from midfield, which is an unprecedented figure for us. We haven't seen that since about 1992. You know, we haven't had 10 goals from midfield, you know, since uh, the dawn of the Premier League. So it'll be it'll be good to see if he turns up. I'm, I'm sure he will. But he's tenacious. He's a press. He's a terrier. He's a, the footballing equivalent of a little Yorkshire terrier barking away and uh, harassing players, uh, getting in there. So yeah, then that can do his job. And he's also at the other end of the pitch uh, playing in people at Grealish. He's got a great long shot on him. And he's uh, a good, you know, you could see a surprising free kick from him. He'll definitely be the box-to-box man. Of course, uh, the number eight slash number 10 will be Jack Grealish. Right. Roving forward all over the pitch. He he doesn't stay up the uh, top end, mate. He will defend, you know, heavily. He's a player. He, he knows how to tackle now. He knows how to defend. He also knows how to hold onto the ball while I'm playing smarter options. Maybe sometimes he doesn't. Uh, he'll go on pitch long dribbles and uh, waste the end. But it's he's still scary. If I'm Fulham, I'll be, I'll be quite worried. I can't, you know... Can our defenders step up and take the ball off him? And if they can do, can they do it without getting themselves booked or getting sent off? Be a big question, but he'll definitely be starting in that eight to ten role kind of a, as a in the midfield three pressing up. Right. Uh, the flanks, Albert Adoma and Snodgrass, no questions asked. And right. up front, I believe it will be Lewis Graben. All signs point to him. Okay, very good there, my friend. All right. To wrap this up, I want your prediction, and obviously you're gonna predict Aston Villa. I wouldn't expect anything less, right? So, no, I'm gonna, I'm no gonna worries there. Villa. I'm going to predict Aston Villa. But I'm going to yeah. say, go ahead. I will say this, it's going to go to 2-2. I'm not going to predict the teams who are going to score first. I believe okay. either way, it's going to ask big questions of the team oh, that boy. go into half-time. Um, I believe it'll be 2-2 and I believe, you know, I think it's going to go to penalties. I really oh. do. It's going to oh, be a don't penalty say shooter. That. Don't say that. James, that would be too much for both of us. No. <sighs> Imagine if John Terry slips against Fulham. Oh, God. No, I think he's, he's got oh, some redemption to do. He has. Wow. Could come. So you are predicting penalties. That's going to end this episode of Cottage Talk. I don't think I can handle anything else. That's No, I understand. I understand. This is two evenly matched teams. I like the matchup, and I'll tell you why I like the matchup from a form perspective. I did not like the matchup. It was going to be Middlesbrough. It's nothing against Astonville. I just think that. I think that that was a bad matchup for Fulham with, with the way Middlesbrough play. I think this is a good matchup yeah. for Fulham, but it's also a good matchup for your team. We both know how to play 
each other. And I just think it's going to be a better brand of football regardless. Even if it's not like free-flowing football, it's going to be a better game. I think the two right teams are where they need to be, and that's at Wembley, and it should be pretty close. Penalties, I think you're going to have to just basically, uh, I don't know, get me off the floor to handle that one. But I understand I understand why you're, why you're predicting that, my friend. All right, listen, before we go, please tell everyone how they can follow you on Twitter and also your podcast. Uh, yeah, um, me and Danny Raza speak about Aston Villa on the Holtcast. You can find that Blog Talk Radio Stitcher. And on 7500 to Holt, which is the Aston Villa blog on SB Nation that I do have the pleasure of running. You can find me personally at Jamo Rushton. I am on private because I have annoyed a few Fulham fans with some <laughs> of my comments. And I, I do remember every time I say something stupid that Russ is a Fulham fan and I like Russ <laughs> and I get on with him. Um, but yeah, uh, so you can find me at Jamo Rushton. No hate, please. Uh, save it for after okay. the uh, Wembley final. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I do wish that you guys the best game. And if you don't go up this season, you would definitely be in a, a positive picture next year the problems you have so. in the premier league will be the same in a championship so yep. look forward to a, a good season regardless positive okay. okay well listen james best of luck on saturday i'll be there you're going to be there and we'll see what happens and if it goes to penalties i'm basically have uh, both hands over my face because i don't think i can watch that but um <laughs> but again thank you so much for for giving the opposition view of this match i really appreciate it i know the phone supporters will enjoy our conversation today but let's wrap it up for James Rushton, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to God of Star. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.